1: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And it's also where we annoy liberals with truth and reason while Russian Prager take the weekend off. Somebody's well, got to do the job. Somebody's got to do it, and uh, no one else was available, so we're, so we're filling in. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and joined by my co-host, Don Dix, radio host, and uh, the Jen and Don Show, and sometimes the Morning Answer. And uh, we're particularly pleased today because Don, you know, Don has great connections in getting us guests, and today we have the Lord with us. Yeah, it's true. The <laughs> Lord is with us,
2: and he lords over the swamp. Uh, he's got a brand new book. We're talking about Jeffrey Lord. Uh, Jeffrey, for those folks that are um, not familiar with that name, you'll definitely be familiar with his image. Uh, over the left-hand shoulders, you're looking at the TV. His right shoulder. When Van Jones, election night, said uh, these the infamous phrase, what we just saw was a white lash. The guy looking astonishingly at him uh, on his As you're looking at the TV screen on his left to Van Jones, right, is none other than Jeffrey Lord, who at the time uh, was a regular face on CNN. And at some point in time, got with the great purge, uh, got uh, what was the word you used the other day, Jeffrey? You were invited to leave, but you used a different word
3: gosh, I don't know. Uh, fired is the one that comes to mind. <laughs> Good, because that's the word
2: that I that comes to mind. Welcome to the Unite IE Radio Show. I'm Thank you for taking time out of your busy book tour. Congratulations on the book, Swamp War, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. Let's start off with the book. Um, what does that byline mean, Jeffrey? What is Donald Trump? What is the New American Populism? And what is the Old Order?
3: Well, Uh, Back in the the midst of time in 1964, uh, then actor Ronald Reagan um, gave a speech, a quite memorable speech, called The Time for Choosing for Barry Goldwater, who was the Republican nominee at the time for for president. And in that speech, uh, Reagan asked posed the question as to whether or not we we were going to be governed by a, quote-unquote, little intellectual elite in a far-distant capital, unquote. And my contention is that that little intellectual elite that he was talking about not only now dominates Washington, D.C., the swamp, it also is all over the country. There are swamps all over the country. And basically, uh, it's run by intellectual elites who who see themselves as both intellectually and morally superior to most Americans, and they believe it's their God-given right to run the country. And you see this... In, in the, you see it everywhere. You can see it in Washington. You can see it in the FBI and this whole business that we're starting to unravel with uh, James Comey and company. Um, but you can see it in the legal profession, all the effort that was put in to fight uh, President Trump on the travel ban. You can see it at the NFL with all of this business with uh, Colin Kaepernick. You can see it on academia and various college campuses when you know they've got to call out the— police and all of this sort of thing to protect the conservative speaker or they or they bar the conservative from speaking in the first place or they fire a conservative professor in your case oh uh, a
2: professor yes i was going to say sp- right. uh, journalist in your case uh but
3: yeah and then and then a journalist it it is it's all about taking conservatives off the air uh, they did they did this to me uh right as we speak, um, they're trying to get, uh, what, what's her name there, Congresswoman uh, Ilan uh, Omar, Omar is is trying to get uh, Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson on, yeah. taken off the air. They're having a feud, and, aren't they? Well, yeah, yeah. And I'm running a column for the Spectator on this that will run tomorrow. But, um, you know, it, it's really bad stuff. And the, the primary swamp war is, of course, trying to take out President Trump. And it comes in various forms. One I didn't mention because it's just popped into the news is all of this business with Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein, mm-hmm. And uh, the fact of the matter is that, yeah, did Donald Trump know him? Yeah. For a while, were they friends? Yes. Did he say something nice about him in 2002? Yes. Then he found out that uh, he had tried to molest a girl, an underage girl mm-hmm. who worked at Mar-a-Lago, And he was so furious, court documents are out there, that he banned him for life (laughs) from Mar-a-Lago and severed their relationship. On the other hand, we have uh, former President Clinton putting out a statement that says he only flew with him four times, and yet uh, Fox and uh, someone else has gotten hold of the flight records of Epstein's plane and— He's been on something like 26 times. Sometimes I did not have sexual sanitation.
1: relations with that young girl, or that young girl, right. or that young girl, or that one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, you know, the thing, I, and I said this the other night on Hannity, uh, this is, I think, the Harvey Weinstein situation mm. times 10, because this guy was so well connected, not just to Democratic politicians, but people in the media. I, w- I was listening today. And to my astonishment, found out that when he got off the hook in Florida eventually and served his time and whatever, um, he had a dinner to celebrate it. And who was there for the dinner? George Stephanopoulos and Katie Couric. Oh, my. I mean, and and he's got apparently uh, and this is now in the hand of prosecutors. He's got a uh, in essence. I mean, I guess this was being done before. Computers or whatever I, I I don't know, or maybe separately, but he's got an actual like phone book with a directory of everybody that he's ever interacted with and notes about them and all this kind of thing. Well, there's Hollywood movie stars in there, there's media moguls in there, there's members of Congress. Uh, I had to laugh you see Chuck Schumer, the Senator from New York, feigning all this outrage about uh, Alex Acosta, who prosecuted him and actually got, got him some jail time and had him declared as a sex offender when he was a U.S. attorney in Florida. And Schumer wants him fired, wants uh, uh, Acosta to to resign.
2: Knee jerk reaction, un, right?
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, Unmentioned here is that Jeffrey Epstein was a repeated contributor to Chuck Schumer for mm-hmm. both his congressional races and his Senate races. And not only that, for some uh, associated uh, Schumer-related PACs in New York State. Let me, let me, uh, let me Not a word about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let me stop you there. See, I, I, I see this differently. I, I was skeptical from the get-go when I saw this come up again, that after all of these years, there is some belated desire to bring justice to Jeffrey Epstein and his victims. I don't think so. And then when I read that Comey's daughter— is the, yeah, pros- is, the is, is the prosecutor? I think th- I think what's afoot here is they're going to lean on Epstein and get him to try to get him to lie to implicate Donald Trump, right? And then oh, maybe no uh, and then maybe September of 2020 they leak or they announce that, but for Donald Trump being president, they would indict him for some sex offense with young ch- with with young girls, and we also yeah, know that we, no we and we also know that All from right, the. Go ahead. We also know from the 2016 campaign that they paid at least two of the women to make accusations against Donald Trump. One got $30,000 and one was offered $750,000, but chose not to accept it and go out and lie publicly against Donald Trump for even that amount of money. And how many others were, were paid as well? So, talk about swamp wars. This is how the swamp fights.
2: Oh, it's even dirtier than that. And, Jeff, we're going to take a quick break here. I know you want to chime in on that. We're going to take a quick break to honor our uh, contributors to the Unite IE radio show, our sponsors. Mm -hmm. We'll be back in a moment with more with Jeffrey Lord, the author of Swamp Wars, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. A great book and a great guy. So buy the book so that the great guy can keep being great.
1: We'll be back after this message. From Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding of Moreno Valley, the place to go for your real estate money needs both residential and commercial. Back with the Lord after this message.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends here on AM 590. The answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM590, The
5: Answer.
0: AM590. The answer.
5: This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590 The Answer.
2: Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And we as private citizens have been, uh, ha- have, have gotten introduced to a Washington, D.C., a Sacramento, and even in a lot of cases, local politics that we never at all imagined. And our guest right now, Jeffrey Lord, is the author of a brand-new book, highly recommended, Swamp Wars, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. It is the battle that is front and center on our TVs every night. Nearly everything that we see is a direct result of Donald Trump's election and the swamp in its various forms pushing back, we were just talking about uh, the case that's been re-exam uh, that's being re-examined and re-prosecuted against Jeffrey Epstein. And you and uh, Jeffrey Lord, you and uh, Greg were having a chat about that. You wanted to chime in on that, so go
3: ahead. Well, I, I just think that uh, the Epstein situation. It's just one more arrow in the quiver, if you will, of trying to take out the president. And you see these things all the time. I th- I frankly think that what we have just seen in the last, what, 48 hours or a bit more with um, Megan, what's her name, Rappenau? I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the soccer, the soccer that player
2: that said New York is MFing great.
3: Yeah, yeah, right, right. Hide and your children, and on, women.
2: On MSNBC, the announcer had to apologize for that to the to folks. But <laughs>
3: but any anyway, rate, you're you're right. Well, you know, she she makes a big deal about not going to the White House. You know, to, you know, And I thought, you know, well, she wants a sneaker deal or some such thing from <laughs> Nike. I mean, this is how they do this. But if it's not one thing, it's another, and all of it is, uh, or a lot of it, at least, is aimed at taking out. Uh, the president in one way or another. And I think the whole Jeffrey Epstein situation is going to be one more of those efforts. And if that fails, which I'm sure it will, uh, they'll go on to something else and someone else. This is how they, this is how they play the game. And this is all about, and I mentioned this in the book, when I was a young white house aide for Ronald Reagan, uh, I was there when he nominated Robert Bork to the Supreme court. And this tumultuous battle like the one we just saw with Brett Kavanaugh uh, ensued, this had not been done before. I mean, the Reagan staff, I can tell you, was taken aback by this. We were just not prepared for this. Suddenly, there was a television commercial, the first of its kind, with Gregory Peck and that that very memorable voice going after Robert Bork. So, of course, they defeat him and give birth to the term Borking and all of this. And Bork himself later writes in a book that this was about more than one judge. This was about controlling the legal culture of the country, which in turn was geared to controlling the general culture of the country. And that's what goes on in these swamp wars. And you see it all the time. We just saw one the other day, with this, uh, what's the name of the city? what St. Louis Park, and I forget whether it's in uh, Minnesota or somewhere. No, it's in Minnesota,
2: and, and council- it's Elon Omar's
3: district. Yes, and, and the council voted unanimously to stop saying the Pledge of Allegiance, yep. and the, the, the word got out, and here are all these citizens of their town standing there singing, what, God Bless America, or chanting USA, USA, and waving American flags. I mean, that that right there is a mini swamp war.
2: Right there, they're, they are all over the place, and they're like I said, they're in our community, they're in our state, and they're in our country. Um, this has been going on for a long time. You said that they kind of came out of the closet with Robert Bork. Um we we we're seeing it in nearly every facet of our culture. You brought up the women's soccer team, you know, the one of the star players saying that if not for her and gay people, uh they would have never won. The gay people are way better than heterosexuals. Um won't go to the White House. Uh, we see it in ESPN. We, I mean, literally, we could use up our entire time uh, to to enumerate everything that we um, say. What what's next? Now, triangulate this a little bit for us. What's on the horizon? We've got an election coming up. What does the next six months look like? What should our listeners be doing uh, in their daily routine to be a part of? Fighting back because Donald Trump can't do this alone. The few people that no. we have in the California legislature that are good guys and gals can't do it alone. It really requires uh, Americans now, everyday citizens like those you mentioned that showed up at at uh, in in that city in Minnesota to push back on that city in Saint that city Saint, called Saint Louis in Minnesota that decided to do away with the pledge. What do everyday Americans do from this point going forward in order to? Uh, win the Swamp War. Is it winnable?
3: Well, Let's, let's well, start there. Well, is it
2: winnable? Uh,
3: sure, sure. Absolutely, I think it's winnable. But he, here's the, one of the, the key things, I think, is that the president himself has said that while he's the one that is the focus of the attack, what this is really about is going after the average American and regular Americans who live normal lives in their own community. And the way to fight back is exactly like those folks in st louis park fought back is take it right to the people who are engineering one of these kind of episodes and and protest vote them out of office uh campaign against them um, show up and protest uh you know but fight and and you know the people will recognize these things when they see it they'll they'll see something in their neighborhood and they'll know immediately <laughs> uh, they may not append the name swamp war to it but they'll know instinctively that this is about a group of people somewhere in their community who are going to try and tell them what to do and how to live their life and that they've got to they've got to do this or else and you know that kind of thing draws an instinctive reaction um, and and i think people have had enough of it. One of the episodes I I mentioned in the book is the Washington Post, when they finally began to catch on to Trump's appeal, they interviewed a woman who was originally from Ohio, and she was now retired, but she had worked at an unnamed Ohio university, and she said, we couldn't say Merry Christmas, we couldn't use the pronouns him and her, Mm. and she ran through this whole list of things. She said, because we were told we would offend somebody. And she paused and she said, but nobody was afraid of offending me. <laughs> and where did they interview this one? She was, she was now living in North Carolina, and she was at a Trump rally. <laughs> and I can only tell you, you know, I get recognized because of TV. But when I go to these Trump rallies, I meet tons of these kind of folks who have just absolutely had it with all of this kind of stuff, and they are there to fight back. And Donald Trump's election was the premier fight back on this. But you have to do it locally as well. So, you mentioned there's the the answer right there.
1: Yeah. You you, you mentioned at the outset the basically the ruling class that thinks of itself, despite all evidence to the contrary, as being intellectually and morally superior to the rest of us. But they've really, and you know, Tucker Tucker Carlson does a good job of showing this and others that that they, 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 particularly on the Democrat side, on the left side, they really, and if there's ever a honest history of this age written about how the people, the rulers, the elite of America and other Western countries who have done so well by those countries really hate and despise their countries and their people.
3: Exactly. And, and you know, the thing that really trusts me is this is about their power. And in Washington, it's 100% about their power. And uh, uh, as I also mentioned in the book, after the 2016 election, as a matter of fact, it was the day of the inauguration. Stories started to appear in the Washington Post of, of, you know, this or that uh, bureaucrat who was always unnamed in, you know, this or that department who was saying that they were going to make it their mission to screw up the Trump agenda from within and, and you know, use their knowledge as a bureaucracy to uh, un- undo anything the president was trying to do. And, you know, we just got a wonderful international taste of this with this British ambassador. Right. <laughs> Here he is, you know, as the ambassador from the United Kingdom, from Great Britain, our-, our best friend, as it were, an ally and all this kind of thing. And he's the one that's behind his back. Behind the president's back, you know, saying all these terrible things about him, and I saw a story today that uh, somebody was saying, "Well, all the diplomats, or lots of the diplomats in Washington, are saying some version of the same thing." That's because they are part of this swamp business, which is which goes beyond America's borders. You look at all the turmoil in Britain over Brexit. Uh, along the way I, 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 of the campaign trail, I met Nigel Farage. And we had a long talk about this, and this was like in October of 2016, and he said to me, trust me, Donald Trump is going to win this election. They said the same thing about Brexit, that it wasn't going to pass, and it did, because they can't see it coming. He says he is going to win this election, and Nigel was right.
2: We are that voice you're hearing is Jeffrey Lord. He's the author of a brand new book called Swamp Wars: Donald Trump, the New American Populism, and the Old Water. It is the story behind every, virtually every story that we see in the headlines today. It is the big struggle. It is the war. Is this war going to be solved? Is this war gonna, going to be? Uh, I, this is the kind of the million dollar question for me. Can we win this war politically? on the, the, the information battlefield, on the field of play, where po- political ideas are debated, or does it go beyond that?
3: No, we, we can win it there. It, it does go beyond that because it's out there in the whole culture. But let me give you an example of how not to do this. This whole business right now with a citizenship question for the census, right? Barack Obama, that that question was on there. And it's in the Obama era that he made a point of taking it off. Where was the Republican Party <laughs> when that was happening? I mean, they just, you know, didn't do a thing, right? You know, and and, and those are the kind of moments where you, we have to learn to stand up and push back and fight back.
2: Where was the Republican Party for the first two years of Donald Trump's presidency when we had a majority? We we had all both houses in the in the White House. We could have solved the immigration problem then. There was no will. Sorry,
1: Greg. The Republican Party, and just, just an example of this, just, yes, just this past week, the, almost all the Republicans voted to, let, to give citizenship or allow, to increase the number of these H-1Bs to Indian high-tech workers to take jobs away from Americans to benefit the big damn tech companies who are the sworn enemies of not only America and freedom, but of the Republican Party. And exactly. you just have to scratch your head instead of making a stand that says, no, American students who have gone to school and going to college and accumulate all this debt to get, to get their STEM degree, they should get first crack at these jobs.
3: But no. Well, that's, that's right. That's right. I mean, this is, this is the problem. I mean, this is my problem that, as it developed over time with the Republican Party. They should have had, for instance, a health care plan. They voted against Obamacare all those years and kept saying they'd repeal it. The day after Donald Trump was sworn in, they should have had a press conference on the steps of the Capitol and announced their plan and then passed it. They didn't do it. And this is part of their problem all of the time. They're not prepared. Or we are
1: willing. going to have to leave it there and... Uh Thank you very much for being on our show this week. Uh, but we are out of time and up against the uh, the hard break here. Your book, Swamp Wars, get it on Amazon or other other booksellers. And thank you for all you're doing for the cause and hope to have you back, uh, back soon.
3: Thank you, guys. Anytime.
1: Appreciate
2: you being with us, Jeffrey Lord. More up ahead on the United IE radio show after this break.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM 590. The answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to, they're just not required. So, your next question is where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise, with the exception of anything that you You want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, and listen to my show, the main event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, right here on AM590 the
5: answer.
2: Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. We just had a great conversation with Jeffrey Lord, who is the author of a brand new book, Swamp Wars. Get it where books are sold. It's about Donald Trump and the new American populism versus the old order. And nearly every headline that we see today, Greg, you can see the the fight that is underlying that headline. And it seems like always a part of those conversations is the role that the Republican Party played either in not playing defense, not going on the offense, or, you know, misplaying a particular play. And I think it is frustrating. It's frustrating here in this state. It's frustrating to watch it unfold on a national level. Um, And there was recently an article that you wanted to bring up talking about do – does the Republican Party have a chance in the state – Gavin Newsom's got an opinion on that. He says the Republican Party is gone in California. It is... Well, well, Gavin Newsom said
1: that uh, the the National Republican Party is headed, quote, into the waste bin of history, close quote. Same place that the, the... And for the same reasons that the California Republican Party is... Basically, in the waste bin of history, if not actually in the waste bin, like a basketball bouncing on the rim before it goes in, the, the California Republican Party is bouncing on the, the rim of the waste basket. And the basic reasons why this is so, first and foremost, is mass immigration has stacked the voting deck in favor of the Democrat Party, both legal and illegal. They, Their children, their grandchildren... Vote Democrat 80% plus of the time. Mm-hmm. And you got. Mi- and every year there's a million plus legal immigrants, plus another million temporary workers, supposedly temporary, but there's no mechanism to follow up and make sure they ever return to their home countries, plus unlimited illegal immigrants. And all of this is, is stacking the voting deck. It's a wonder that there's any Republican still elected, Anywhere in America after, after this has been going on for 30 to 40 years. Second, in California, we have the out-migration of freedom-loving and America-loving Americans for other states. Texas, Arizona, Idaho, others. Kentucky, Tennessee, as well as businesses. But that's, that's another story. Mm-hmm. You have the mass indoctrination in the, in the government-run schools in favor of the Democrat Party. You have the mass indoctrination in pop culture and entertainment. And here in California, especially, uh, there is there's no election integrity whatsoever. Anyone or anything, living or dead, can vote any number of times. For example, Craig Huey got his cat registered to vote and received a mail-in ballot for his cat. Mittens? Huh? Mittens, has got, mittens is registered? But of course, as, 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 uh, as, as, as a Democrat. Then you have this: the nature of the California Republican Party. While the Democrats, evil as they are, corrupt as they are, they are nevertheless ruthless, remorseless warriors for their cause who wage political warfare by any and all means available. The California Republican Party, and in large extent, the national party, other than Donald Trump, wage political croquet.
2: I think in California uh, there are a few people that do fight that are a few elected officials. That do fight, but I think ultimately this has got to be organic. It's got to come from the people, the citizens of California, those that are still here. We saw an example of it last year when the Turpin case broke, and the family it was found out had avoided, you know, the truancy issue by registering as a homeschool, and immediately Jose Medina wanted to use that that uh, tragedy as an opportunity to regulate homeschools. And that's what the government does. The government regulates, and it usually regulates things out of existence. And I think that in the case of charter schools and homeschools and education choice, the deck is stacked against people that want out of the government-run education system because the unions are so powerful, they get people elected to enact their laws. Um, I've had the opportunity to attend a recent uh, convention Uh, California Teachers Association Convention and saw firsthand how they work. Um, It was very enlightening being there. Uh, On the one hand, it's a little depressing seeing how well organized they are and how much money they have. On the other hand, you see that their politics are so uh, aligned towards uh, expanding the government and minimizing our rights, the parent-child relationship, parents' rights are being reined in. Um, we've seen that you know, recently in the way that the uh, parents have gone after the sex ed issue. But I think it's got to be organic and there's got to be a tipping point. I think we're I think we're close to that. When you saw 3,000 homeschoolers, somewhere between three and 5,000 homeschoolers, descend on Sacramento to push back on Jose Medina's attempt to regulate homeschools in light of the Turpin case, that's organic. When you see parents protesting in front of boards of education around the state about the new sex ed curriculum, that's organic.
1: Okay, but where is the
2: California Republican Party? Uh, well, that's what I just said. I, I don't yeah. think that they're going to be necessarily uh, an or, uh, an organizing factor because we can cite lots of incidents where the California Republican Party, the National Republican Party, has miss ha- has missed opportunities, have squandered you know political capital, not good uh, done. I mean, Paul Ryan, who was the Speaker of the House when Donald Trump won, there's a brand new book out that talks about. Uh, You know, what Paul Ryan was doing uh, behind the scenes, what his attitudes were when the uh, Access Hollywood tape broke, the only person who believed that Donald Trump could still win was Jared Kushner and Donald Trump. Everybody else, all of his campaign people, I I think you had Kellyanne Conway that was that was on his side. Steve Steve Bannon Bannon was on his side. But I mean, pretty much the entire because they were used to this thing. And Donald Trump forged ahead. And that Access Hollywood tape broke two days before the last debate. And remember what Donald Trump did. He brought in every one of Bill Clinton's accusers and put them in the front row. And at every opportunity that he could during the debate, he went after Hillary and and Donald Trump is an example and the reason why he has this despite the fact that he's boorish sometimes that he's you know does things that you know some people question he's a fighter yes he's a brawler and that's what was missing in the political party with an R that's what's missing. They're not brawlers. They're not fighters. They don't take the fight to the
1: Democrats. They, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they do. You can't be afraid of what the Democrats or the media is going to call you. You have to stake out positions. Yep, that are based on principle and also think you can be. You can be politically cognizant and finding things like the triple X sex ed that are going to try to reach across. Yep, to, to, to Democrats. I mean, how, how many? non-radical leftist parents are there out there that want their fifth graders taught how to have anal sex.
2: It's not only that. In the video that broke, that's gone viral, that I was fortunate to have a a role in uh, on the video, there is undercover video that was taken of the ACLU coaching school districts about Well, you're just going to have to stay tuned to the United IE radio show after the break to find out what the ACLU was coaching school districts in a Riverside County Board of Education meeting about how to handle everything from teen pregnancy to parents wanting to opt out. It comes up after the the break. We uh, hear from our sponsor for this half hour.
1: All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly
5: Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590,
0: The Answer.
3: This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every
2: Saturday
1: at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we are proud that we are certified as the number one conservative talk radio show in our market, in our time slot. And holding down the fort
2: while Dennis Prager and Rush Limbaugh take the weekend off. Yes. So I kind of left us up with a little cliffhanger. There's a video that's gone viral. You can find it on my Facebook page, Donald A. Dix. You can find it on uh, the person that did a lot that, that did the the real heavy lifting to do the years worth of activism that was necessary in order to uncover what is revealed in this video. Tim Thompson, he's a pastor of 412 Church in Murrieta. Uh, he is a prominent face in this video. Uh, He and several members of his church and his community uh, found out about the sex ed curriculum and started digging into it for over
1: a year. And properly called the triple X sex education, stuff that is so explicit that if you were to show it to a child outside of a government run school, you'd be arrested and convicted of a sex crime. And that is a true
2: statement. That's a fact. There's no uh, there's no fake news in that. In the pursuit of what was going on around surrounding this sex ed curriculum, it led them ultimately to be included in a meeting that was being conducted by the Riverside community, Riverside County Board of Education. And in that meeting, there was a representative from the ACLU that was, you know, coaching. uh, It was kind of a workshop uh, representatives from school districts around Riverside County on various different aspects of students rights let's just call it that that's their that's their purview It's actually an effort to get to diminish parental rights this is where this is all headed there the state is the state in quotes not state of California but the state as in the government, the government uh, is doing everything they can to insert themselves in that into that relationship. And the source of all that would be the topic of a show that could go on for two hours. But suffice it to say, we all know it. We all see it. We all feel it. In that meeting, the ACLU was said to the folks from the school districts that were there that if a child, and I, you know, a 16 year old to me at 62 is, you know, still in many respects a child, if a student, particularly female obviously gets pregnant that that particularly a female, particularly a female. Oh,
1: but, but you know in america today even males can get pregnant according according to uh julian castro absolutely and they should, and they should
2: have the right to a taxpayer funded abortion pres- a presidential candidate julian castro says that even uh, trans men uh should be able to get abortions how that works we're still waiting for that but at any rate that's the that's what happens when you're in the pc cul-de-sac of progressive ideas and policies this aclu representative said that, that, that students minor students had the right to get abortions without their parents knowledge without parental consent that the school district had an obligation to keep that uh from the parents it's in there, there's no way of getting around it this is exactly what that representative was saying And further went on to coach them about the opt-out process, and that you know really uh, this is this parents opting out. There there are ways to manipulate the system so that the record keeping can be hidden, and the school districts can still get the funding as if that student was there. That was a big part of the conversation about how if a student leaves campus, how do you how do you uh, block that person out? And then keep it hidden from the parents. Because when a student isn't at school, they're supposed to call the parents. So how, how do they deal with that? It's all in this video. And it, it is in a, a stunning uh, you know, revelation to see that school districts are, especially with the ACLU uh, at their side, are coordinating activities that undermine parental rights. And that's really what it boils down to.
1: Well the key is the, the key is the, is the next generation as we mentioned that the end, the mass indoctrination uh you're turning these people into socialists and democrats that are going to vote if you look at the last just in the last election if 18 to 25 year olds voted Hillary Clinton would have if only they had voted Hillary Clinton would have won with more than 500 electoral votes and that and that the flow of Im- of immigrants They're going to be Democrat voters, and these indoctrinated skulls of mush coming out of the government-run schools with no conception of what this country is about, and out of the universities that have been taught to—not only that, they have no conception of what the country is about. They've been taught to hate the country. They've been taught that America is a terrible, unfair, unjust, racist place. From the get-go, and it still is. And of course, that's utterly not true. America is the least racist country in the world, where all the so-called minorities have they have succeeded and shown they can succeed with their own hard work in every facet and I think of American
2: life. And I think that's especially why Tucker Carlson has chosen to draw a red line in the sand with Il- in this in this uh, fight uh, with Elon Omar, who is a textbook example of what our Refugee system is designed to do get people out of those situations. She was in a refugee camp for four years, comes to America and then is an example of how uh, someone can rise up from that very obscure corner of life in America and become one of the most powerful women in the country. I mean, we're talking about how many how many people are elected to the Senate and Congress five hundred and thirty five. Mm hmm. Of that four hundred and thirty five in Congress, how many of them are women? How many of them are women of color? So I mean she epitomizes the greatness of what America can do. And at every turn she is diminishing the accomplishment that America allows people to achieve.
1: So she clearly where did she, so she learn that? Exactly. That was the point that Tucker Carlson made this past week, is she didn't come to America as a as a young girl in nineteen ninety two or thereabouts. Already hating America. Yep. She learned that here. Yep. Now whether it was in the mosque and or it was in the government run schools or in the universities she attended or some combination of that, but she learned to hate the country. But then essentially the entire Democrat Party, in one form or another, hates the country. She's just she's just more express about it. We came to this into this conversation talking about what do we
2: do? And that's always really the the underlying theme uh, of the Unite IE radio show is what do we do? How do we push back on this? How do we organize? And you see the example, the organic example of homeschoolers that push back in the state capital against Jose Medina's effort to regulate homeschools. We see it now building in res- as parents are learning about and responding to this new sex ed curriculum. We're seeing it as this ACLU undercover video is starting to get traction in the national media. It's been uh, written about in the Daily Signal. It's been written about in the Daily Caller. Uh, It's been written about in the Washington Examiner. Other news agencies are beginning to pick it up. One American News Network, and it's probably only, you know, hopefully days away from being picked up uh, by Fox because it does reveal exactly what is unfolding in government run schools the effort to uh undermine the parental relation parent child relationship number 1 and as you were saying greg fill the heads of stu- of young people with this notion that america is a uh evil place that we're you know we're a country that is Uh, damaged goods. How dare we try to think that we're better than anybody else?
1: Right, worse than everybody else, and that you know that your only hope, if you're a quote minority unquote, is to you better vote for the Democrat Party. You better identify first and foremost with your Democrat Party assigned identity group, rather than as an American. And it, it it's not it's not only evil; it's it is very it's dangerous to the country. That especially where we have we we have brought in people from all over the world, so there isn't a unified um, ethnicity to, that holds us together. Not even necessarily a language that holds us together. It was America was always based. He came here, and this is different. During times of high immigration in the past, there were strong cultural forces in the schools, and the universities, in the churches, in the, in in the entertainment, in the media of the time, all forging. An American identity out of all these out of all these immigrants. Now it's just the opposite. It's to it's to it's to not have an American identity. Is you're a Mexican, you're a Guatemalan, you're from you're a Muslim, whatever whatever your Democrat Party assigned identity group is. That's where you that that's your first and foremost loyalty and how you think of yourself.
2: We'll be back after a break to honor our sponsor for this half hour with our final thoughts.
1: After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this.
5: When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590,
0: the answer.
2: Welcome back to the Unite IE radio show. For our final thoughts today, I wanted to just try to drive home what I think uh, because again, activism is what we're all about. It's getting, you know, w- it's what we need to do in our communities in order to, uh, take back California because we're not getting much help from the top as we talked about, uh, earlier. I think that the battle is in the neighborhoods in our communities. People have to be willing to go out and knock on their neighbor's doors and begin the ballot harvesting process. Building relationships with neighbors that you may not have had before, engaging them in conversations that might be uncomfortable but don't have to be because there's ways to do it. You can begin to just ask your neighbor's questions. Hey, I heard about this on the news the other day. Did you hear about that? And talk about it. Uh, Articles of key importance. You know, is this something that concerns you? Parents, are you aware of the sex ed curriculum? I mean, there's so many ways to start that conversation. I think those conversations need to start now. Those relationships need to be built, and I think that we only win this when we when when we have people in in these neighborhoods that are willing to be that person that will take control of the neighborhood among like minded individuals, Republicans to start with, and begin to organize at that base level of the political pyramid.
1: Well, it was it was. Uh, I think you would start before the political conversation is just. Having a conversation. How many of us? How many of us even? And I'm a, I'm an offender here. Even know our neighbors. Most of us pull into our our garages and go into the house through the garage. And when we leave, we open the garage door, get into the car, and off we and off we go. I point I, made. Point I, taken. I don't I don't know the names of of of. Yep my neighbors and maybe that
2: begins by getting a list of who the people the registered voters are in your immediate you know area your neighborhood a couple of streets on every direction from you and go after the low hanging fruit go after the people that are registered republicans and knock on the door and say hey i'm your neighbor uh, you don't even have
1: to bring up politics as you're suggesting just begin to build that relationship well that was uh, that was uh, Travis Allen's plan if he had been elected state party chair if he had chosen a a, a warrior instead of an establishment um, status quo person of Jessica Patterson is that he would have appoint, tried to get, appoint precinct people, and they would have gotten a list of here's your, and it was cards identifying yourself. Here's your list of the Republicans in, that, that live near you. And your first task you know, is go knock on the door, introduce yourself. Hi, fellow Republican. You're not you're not alone out here. And then maybe after that, you get the list of people that uh, were recently Republicans, or maybe in the last two to four years change from Republican to decline to state and go talk to them. You know, there's new leadership in the Republican Party. We can sure use your back. But but of course, that's, none of that's happening as far as I can see in the Republican Party today. There's a there's a hashtag walkaway campaign
2: that is literally sweeping across the country thanks to the guy that ignited that, Brandon Strzok, who we had as a part of the Unite IE uh, Conservative Conference this year. He ignited that, and it is going strong. They are they continue to get testimonials from people that see things that are unfolding and say, "This isn't my Democrat Party. This this what's going on in this Democrat? The the embrace of open borders, the embrace of socialism, the embrace of free health care for everybody." I posted to my Facebook page the other day that Democrats voted to fine Americans for not buying health insurance, but now they want to give it to illegal aliens. This 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 what's happening? Uh, within the Democrat Party is an opportunity, and it's a walk-away opportunity, but it begins with building that relationship.
1: That's all the time we have this week. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, IV Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want
5: quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision.